90.1 Hope FM and HopeFM.com It was my great privilege to go up to London just a few months ago and meet Michael. And I began by saying to him that his was a ministry that almost didn't even begin. His life uh, was threatened. Actually, what happened is uh, three major doctors in town, including a German one, uh, who was living in Egypt at the time, and so said to my mother that you cannot, your health cannot um, help uh, sustain another pregnancy, and she needs to abort. But the pastor of our church was a godly man. My parents went to see him, and they said, no, if the doctor said that, you know, it's your life, and so on. But then the next day, he um, had a vision and couldn't, uh, sleep, so he went, knocked on the door, and he said, the day of the procedure, and he said, uh, if anything happens to you, I've got to live with myself, but I believe he or she, because of course back then they did not know, is going to serve the Lord. So, an interesting thing is, all of my brothers and all my siblings are bankers and prof- economic economists, and so they would know uh, people in ministry, and they were believers. And so that was kind of an unusual um, prediction or at least a, um, uh, a word from the Lord for her. But she said, you know, I trust God. If I die, I die. And I'm, uh, because they did tell her she could die. And, yeah. of, and of course, you, you went through a very difficult time just before you accepted the Lord. You were, yeah. I think you, you saved yourself. You were a rebellious teenager. I was. And because in the back of my head, in the back of my mind, I did not want to go to the ministry. And so in my foolishness, I thought, well, if I become damaged goods, God cannot use me. And I'll be successful like my brothers, you know, <laughs> go into business or whatever with my dad. But uh, God had graciously another thing in mind, and yeah. so grateful that He brought me to Himself. And of course, your mother did uh, pass away. Well, yes, be promoted to heaven. Of course, uh, when before you were quite... seventeen. How did you How did you cope with that? It was very hard. It was very difficult, and the devil tried to use that. You know, how can God love you and and uh, takes your mother away? But she was in such pain that even common sense says, you know, she's, you know, released from her pain. But it was before I turned 17, and, and I came to the Lord in March, she died in July. But in her joy, in telling everybody, you know, that I'll die in peace now, that I know he had come, he's given his life to Christ. That was a great source of comfort. And so she she went to glory and um, knowing that what she risked her life for, God is now beginning to show her that he's not going to leave me. And of course, the amazing thing was that she saw you coming to Christ yes. before she was promoted to glory. Exactly. Four months, yeah. literally four yeah. months. Fantastic. Uh, and that was, uh, as I said, it was, she would take the letter that I wrote her out and show it to everybody and said, you know, now I know I risked, I risked my life. 17 years ago. So even at that young age, I mean, obviously your journey from Egypt was to take you to Lebanon, then to Australia. At what point did you yourself feel the call to full-time ministry? Oh, I felt that I knew about the call when they told me the story. I was 10, 11. So you you believe what the pastor had said? Oh, gosh, yes. I mean, uh, it was no doubt that this is the deal, the real deal. And uh, so there was no... 
And that's why I rebelled. The reason I rebelled is because I knew this is what God wants me to do. So there's a part I, of you that said, well, hold on a minute. You know, oh, yeah, I didn't want to do that. I did not want to do that at all. Now, your journey, of course, was to take you to Theological College and, in fact, eventually, of course, to the United States. Yeah. What was the draw of, of all of the countries in the world that you could have gone to? I mean, I know you were keen to get out of Egypt because of the political instability sure. there. But what was the draw to the United States? Well, you know, the freedom, and I would read about uh, the, 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 you know, the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, and uh, to my knowledge, there is no country in the world, from my reading, that had that kind of... I'm living under socialist Islamic dictatorship, and you cannot even say what you think to your classmate because he could be a government informant. That's how bad it was. And so experiencing all of that, and I read about all the freedoms that Americans have, that's where I want to be. I want to be in a free land so I can preach the gospel freely, and if I have to preach the gospel uh, even back in, in the Middle East, at least I want to experience that freedom. Now, always at the heart of you, even though you, you've seen millions of people come to Christ yes. and you have now a worldwide media industry, you're still the number one volunteer for leading the way, aren't you? Right, absolutely, <laughs> yes. Uh, that was a designation my son gave me who was running leading the way at the time. And he, all of a sudden he said, Do you did you only realize that our number one volunteer is my dad? because of my commitment not to receive any compensation whatsoever from books or anything uh, from leading the way, but only to give and whatever God, even on top of our giving my time, giving financially. And God blessed us in a way that I never thought possible. Now, of course, you began by uh, uh, obviously going to theological college, the Fuller the Theological College, and, and, and then that led you to Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. uh, where you founded a, a, a church. There's Moore College is where I went to Sydney, and Moore College, and then I did a graduate in uh, cross-cultural studies in the School of World Mission. And then I went uh, to Atlanta to head up an organization called Hagia Institute in the 80s. I headed up that ministry for nine years. And uh, while I was there, the Lord basically laid it on my heart to plant a church, an Thank evangelical you. church. And you started with, was it about 40 plus members? 28 adults. 28 adults and 16 children. That's how we started in a room, very small room in a hotel. Yeah. Now, if we were transported right now to Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. your church is a little bit bigger than that, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yes. <laughs> As they say, the rest is history. One of the things that really impressed me about your speaking today was the fact that you didn't set out and do a business plan. Right. Michael Yusuf didn't sit down and say, do you know what, in, yeah. in 10 years' time I would like to have a church of this yeah. size. Uh, you've, you've been led by God yeah. all the way through, and that must be a great encouragement to you. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. It is, it is in my darkest days or darkest nights, I always look back and said, hey, I didn't seek any of this. God is the one who brought it, and that gives me comfort regardless of what I'm going through, is that the guy who did the God who did this, he's going to take care of the rest of it. So I, I rest in peace. Now you're here in the United Kingdom, and of course uh, next week you'll celebrate 20 years of leading the way. Now, right. For the uninitiated, just tell us a little bit about what is leading the way? Well, leading the way started as a small radio ministry in a few radio stations in the south of the United States, and then 
within three years was nationwide and hundreds of radio stations and people were seeking and put me on the air even for free and stuff like that. So I was um, encouraged and I said, well, obviously it's of God. So, and then went uh, from there to a man uh, who was a Presbyterian pastor, pioneered Christian television named Ben Hayden, came to me and said, God told him to give me his television ministry. I didn't want to be on television. Well, you and didn't want to be on radio. I didn't want to be on radio. I never sought any of this. Anyway, so he, he literally came in my office, dumped it, said, I'm retiring. God told me to give it to you. And we launched on television. So this, this relatively small media ministry, yeah. uh, pretty much localized in, in Atlanta, is now, of course, a worldwide ministry. How many people do you reckon that your ministry is reaching, you know, uh, week by week? Well, initially we said we want... Uh, 3.9 billion people of the most spoken languages of the world. And of course you, you get 1.4 billion in China with covering Mandarin and Cantonese. We have both languages. And, uh, and then, you know, Farsi and Turkish and Hindi and so on. We just kept going and God kept opening doors and it, it's a dual language program. And Arabic, of course, is our original, the original language was Arabic. Uh, so God kept opening these doors and we kept walking through them. Yeah. <laughs> so the 20-year anniversary here in the United Kingdom, right. and I know that you've also got a, a broader vision right. for 2025 to reach a million people right. for Christ. I mean, you've always been guided by God. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you like to see the future? Well, at 73, I don't know how long I've got, but whatever years I've got, I know when I prayed back in mid-60s, and, and I thought, you know, I'm basically all my colleagues retired, I've retired, I've served, I've done their, my part, and God said, no, I'm not through with you yet. And so he gave me that vision of 2025, of one million souls. So I'll be very contented to know that when I go to heaven, there'll be one million souls who would come and say, because of you and your partners, I am now here in heaven. And that's just my ultimate goal. I like your, your example of having that one-to-one -one conversation. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, audience of one. You, you and God. Yeah. The audience <laughs> of one. Every one of us going to have it. You're coming back to the United Kingdom uh, next year to celebrate yeah. the 20-year anniversary of leading the way here in, in the UK. Yeah. Uh, what's in store? Can you give us a little Looking taste? Looking forward, yes. We're having a big gathering at the Methodist oh. Centre. Uh, and there'll be a night of celebration, music, praise, worship, and giving thanks to God for those 20 years of His hand guiding us. Michael, we're broadcasting this at the Advent season, yes. and there can be no better time in which to share how the birth of that little baby sure. has changed all of our lives. Yes. What will you say to those who are listening to us right now? Encourage them. Let's, let's hear Absolutely. I think the most important thing, number one, you get a lot of noise. Culture even from churches and from Christians, a lot of noise around us. You need to stop all that noise and you say to God, I want to trust you and I want to obey you. Show me the way. And you know, I have never known God, I've never known anyone to pray that prayer and God did not show up. And He showed them. He opened doors they never thought possible. He took them through uh, things, um, to do things and serve Him. And so that's the most important thing. You seek the mind of God. Seek God's vision. He will give it to you. Because it's, 
it's, it, it's not my vision that I give to God and say, please bless my vision. It is my prayer on my knees saying, give me your vision so that I may obey it. It's a world of difference. So right at the heart of that is God who wants to connect, yes. but we also need to reach out to Him. Oh, absolutely. You have to ask Him. He said, ask. <laughs> yes, yeah. and you will. And James said, you, ask not, you have not because you ask not. Absolutely. And then when you ask, sometimes you ask wrongly. So if you ask God for His vision, His plan, He'll give it to us. And do you think, I mean, obviously, we, right over the, all over the world, we've been through COVID and many, many challenges, yeah. lots of people isolated and so on. Yeah, yeah. As you look forward, I mean, it's been a, a long time since there's been a real outpouring of God's yes. Holy Spirit yes. in terms yes. of revival. Yes. You know. What's your own sense of, 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 of that? I, my sense is unless God intervenes and He gives us an awakening, uh, you know, it would be hopefully his return. Either if this, neither one of those happen, I think we are in a world of hurt as believers in the West. And now the people in the Middle East have been persecuted for hundreds of years. But in the West, we're not used to that. And this is going to be a new day for us. And God may allow this. I don't know. But it is my prayer that he will send us an awakening before that dark day comes. Well, Michael, I can't interview you without asking you to pray. Sure. So, so why don't you lead us in prayer? Maybe people would reach out to the Lord as they listen. Father, I pray for everyone who's listening to us right now. Uh, there are no accidents, there are no happenstance, and no circumstances. You have allowed every person who's listening to right now is to be listening. And so I pray for them specifically. You know who they are, you know their circumstances, you know their situation. And so I pray for everyone, that there would be such an awakening in the spirit of those who are believers, that they will come say like Samuel, here I am Lord, and those who don't know you would say, Lord Jesus, reveal yourself to me. I want your forgiveness, your eternal life. And so I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Dr. Yusuf, thank you so much. Pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. God bless. This is Hope FM.